This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 107. Hi, I'm Michael Port, author of Book Yourself Solid. And if you're looking for a solid and surefire way to rapidly increase the rate of your personal and professional growth, you found it. It's the Read to Lead podcast with my friend, Jeff Brown. Complexity is really a distraction and simplicity is our best friend. And so when you do things that are simple and obvious and fundamental, you get direct results. And to do that over and over and over again, then leads to these bigger accomplishments. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. Hi there, and welcome to the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth, where the topic of leadership, of course, is always at the center of our conversation. But we also dig into things like personal development, productivity, career, business, marketing, and entrepreneurship. In today's episode, we'll be chatting with Jeff Sanders, author of The 5 a.m. Miracle, Dominate Your Day Before Breakfast. I'm going to ask Jeff about the four commitments you must be willing to make that lay the foundation for achieving success, the realization that our greatest accomplishments are born out of the most fundamental of processes, the specifics of what Jeff calls his seven-part 5 a.m. miracle blueprint, and much, much more. I want to remind you that if you'd like to stay up to date on future Read to Lead products and services, receive info about Read to Lead University coming in 2016, Trust me, you're going to want to know about it. Or just stay current on future blog posts and interviews. Then go to readtoleadpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter to the right of the page. That's readtoleadpodcast.com. In the U.S., you can also sign up from your mobile device. Just text the phrase READ TO LEAD to 33444. Well, Jeff Sanders is the host of the 5 a.m. Miracle podcast, uh, one I'm quite fond of, and I think you will be too as soon as you give it a listen, if you haven't already. It's ranked uh, number one in iTunes in the self-help and business categories. It's been nominated for two 2015 podcast awards and exceeded two million downloads. Pretty cool. Jeff is a 10-time marathon runner, personal development junkie, and passionate raw vegan. He is also a productivity coach specializing in helping others dominate their day before breakfast. And he writes and speaks every week at his blog, jeffsanders.com. And Jeff is also a public speaker and author of the best-selling book, The 5 a.m. Miracle, Dominate Your Day Before Breakfast. Jeff, it's my pleasure. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. Well, thank you, Jeff Brown. I look forward to this day for a very long time, so I'm, I'm so glad to be here today. Well, I should reveal that, that Jeff and I go back uh, two or three years. We've been friends. Our podcasts launched at around the same time, though I will say his downloads have, have far surpassed mine at this point by, by about a million or so. Uh, no, no, no hard feelings. Uh, but uh, it has been great to watch Jeff's trajectory and his growth and, and seeing the podcast serve as a launching pad for this book. And Jeff was kind enough to have me on his show earlier this year, and we said then, because Jeff had already begun writing the book, when it gets finished, we'll have you on the Read to Lead podcast. And so I am so excited that this time has finally come. And and, and though I know it's not about just checking things off a to-do list and being busy, I feel like I have had a Jeff Sanders-worthy kind of day. <laughs> Ooh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I got up at 5.07 oh, oh 
Okay. <laughs> so almost five. Uh, I, I went out for a run. I came in from the run, and I saw something on the counter in the kitchen that I, I haven't consumed in I don't know how long, and it was a, a bunch of bananas. So I had a banana in honor of you in our interview today. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's a, that really is a Jeff Sears kind of day. That's really cool. I love to hear that. How many, how many bananas would you say you consume in a given day normally? On average, somewhere between 10 to 15. <laughs> I just I think it's amazing. I love that. I had one, so I'm, 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 on, I'm on my way there. There you go. Uh, well, let's begin by uh, digging into and defining, Jeff, uh, this phrase that you have, you have coined, that, uh, this 5 a.m. miracle. What does that mean or what do you mean by that exactly? Well, I had my own uh, 5 a.m. miracle experience a few years ago when I was first uh, training for a marathon. I was look, looking for a time where I could work out uh, without actually doing the workout during the workday or after work. And mm. the best time was before work. Uh, although at that time, I was not an early riser and I had no desire to become an early riser <laughs> as well. So the idea of waking up early to go run sounded really painful. Uh, but I thought I'd give it a try, see how it works, because that was my best chance to do this, the marathon training. And the first day was amazing. It blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was so just immediately captivated by this idea that if I woke up early, I had the chance to do something that really meant something to me, a, a goal I wanted to achieve. And then also, of course, doing the workout, I got the extra boost of energy and felt so much more inspired for my day. And so for me, I discovered that there was something miraculous about waking up early to mm-hmm. do something you really care about. And that became kind of this this phrase I coined, the 5 a.m. miracle, because that's exactly what I thought I was experiencing. Over time, it wasn't just marathon training. It was also you know business projects or personal goals or whatever it is I wanted to work on. That became my best time in the day to get that done. Now, I mean, at this point in the time, I don't have a day job anymore and I, I work for myself, but I still love to experience those same kinds of moments. I wake up and ask myself, you know, how can today be amazing and how can I get to that amazing work right away? And so that's what the the miracle really is, is that you wake up and and something really, truly amazing can happen if you are committing your time to something that really matters to you right now in your life. you, You mentioned this early in the book, Jeff. Talk about some of the commitments that you feel we have to be willing to make that that help lay the foundation for for achieving um, our own 5 a.m. miracle. Yeah, there are four commitments that I discuss in the book, and these really, uh, I think, are really great for you to uh, identify right in the very beginning of the process before you get started, because these are four things that really allow you to embody what a 5 a.m. miracle could mean for you. Mm. Uh, the first one is that I'll have an intentional and written plan for my day every day. And what this really means is that you're going to put on paper you know, what your plan is going to be. And your wake up time could be, you know, 5 a.m., could be 6 a.m. It doesn't matter what the time is, but that the time is intentional and it's planned and it's on paper. Mm. Uh, the second one is that I will consistently implement healthy habits for optimal energy and enthusiasm. And I put a big emphasis on healthy habits because I know for me to be productive, I need energy. I need to feel good and be healthy. Mm. And so I think it's really important to commit to health as you are committing to productivity as well. Uh, the third one is uh, I will choose short-term objectives to help me achieve my life's grandest goals. So in this mm-hmm. sense, you're looking at your, your short-term actions today. Like what, what, this morning at 5 a.m., I wake up and what do I do? Well, that activity should be tied to a larger goal in your life you want to see happen. And when you do that, then your days have so much more meaning because they're tied to these, this bigger picture. And the fourth one is that I will track my progress, make adjustments, and hold myself accountable, which really just says that throughout this process, I'm not just going to kind of, you know, sporadically do things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure there's a system in place. and I'm going to track what I've done and what I'm going to, going to do next to make sure I'm still on schedule throughout the process to really be as productive as possible for the long term. 
Well, so uh, this eventually begs the, the the inevitable question, Jeff. But what if I'm what if I'm not a morning person? In other words, what if the snooze button? And I have to admit, this is the case for me sometimes. Is my best friend? It's a great question. I think that you know a lot of people think that they're night owls, and I think that uh, the snooze button is is an awesome thing, and delaying the wake up call is just a normal part of life. But honestly, I think that the more that you snooze, uh, the more that you are just delaying the inevitable. So may as well just get up and and, and be excited about your day. Uh, I think that you have a really good chance to begin the day in in a powerful way when you say, you know, I'm not going to snooze. I'm going to wake up and really bounce out of bed with enthusiasm because I'm excited about what I've planned and what I'm going to be doing today. And so it's a mental shift you have to make. Uh, But once you've made that, then those morning hours become very productive. Uh, In in chapter four, uh, Jeff takes us back to uh, a short-lived job he had uh, at age 23, I believe it was. And I was curious, Jeff, if you would be willing to share uh, a really positive experience that came out of that nine-week job, I think it was. What did your then boss open your eyes to? There was a shift that happened at that young age. What was that? This was probably the most pivotal shift I experienced, you know, around that time in my life, which was I had a job in door-to-door sales. It was my first job after college. I was living in Boston at the time, and I had really just no idea what I wanted to do with my life, but this job was available, so I took it, and it was an awful job by all accounts. I mean, just door-to-door sales is the worst. <laughs> but the, the benefit was that my boss was a huge fan of John Maxwell, and so he gave me a book and said, and Jeff, here's this book from John Maxwell. You don't know who this guy is, but he's an awesome author. This book is fantastic. Read it. And at that time in my life, I was only reading books because I was told to based on (laughs) years of being in school. You know, I had assignments and reading I had to do, but I wasn't voluntarily reading at all. And so for me to to be handed a book and told to read, I was like, okay, fine. It's an assignment. I'll do it. But I read the book and was blown away, not just because the book was great, but because it opened my eyes to this whole new world of personal development and this whole world of consuming information to grow and learn. And I became just this complete, just fanatic for personal development. And I was buying every book that I could and, you know, documentaries and, and conferences and like whatever I could do to consume more. That's that all started because of this one book that my boss gave me. And yes, the job was terrible, but that <laughs> lesson and that book, it changed my life for real. And just to be clear, though, it lasted only nine weeks. I want to make sure that, that you realize that Jeff left the job. They didn't fire him, in other words. <laughs> that is true. I did quit, although I was on the verge of being fired. So let's just clear about that one. <laughs> complete honesty and transparency. Well, I, I totally identify with that. Had a very similar circumstance, as you may recall, from the time you interviewed me. Uh, unfortunately for me, that came in my early 30s instead of my early 20s. So I feel like there's an entire decade I would just love to get back where I wasn't uh, reading as much as I, as I wish I would have been at, at that age. Well, one thing that really stuck with me during the reading of the book is, is your assertion, and you hinted at this a moment ago, that our greatest accomplishments are born out of the most fundamental processes. I thought that was really fascinating. How, how have you seen that exemplified, Jeff, in, in your own life? Well, I think it's true that going back to the basics is usually the best answer for everything. And if you want to achieve really big goals, those are going to happen because you did some of the most simple and fundamental things. Mm. And it could be, I think this whole idea comes back to the idea that complexity is really a distraction and that simplicity is our best friend. And so when you do things that are simple and obvious and fundamental, you get direct results. I mean, it could be as simple as saying, well, you know, a marathon uh, sounds like a really big goal and it's 40,000 individual steps throughout the course of this. <laughs> 26 mile race, but 40,000 steps are really just individual steps you're going to take. And, and, and one step is a very simple thing to do. And to do that over and over and over again, then leads to these bigger accomplishments. And, and it's the same thing with every other goal you can pursue. These can all be broken down into very simple, methodical steps. 
And when you do them, you get the results and things work. And so I think that that's what stood out to me a lot in the last few years, and especially with growing a business and doing a podcast and a book. Everything is little itty bitty details that just grow over time. Well, uh, eventually, about chapter three, maybe chapter two, I think it is, we get into sort of the, the core of the book, and that's, that's the 5 a.m. blueprint. What is it, first of all, Jeff, and who is it for, ultimately? Well, the 5 a.m. blueprint is my seven-step system for extraordinary productivity. And so what that really means is that I've outlined seven steps for someone to walk through to say, here's how I'm going to restructure my life to be as productive as possible. So this can be applied to your home life, to your business life, uh, for anybody who wants to restructure your life around systems that are directly effective, that allow you to say, I'm going to wake up with a plan, know what I'm going to do, know that it's tied to a bigger plan, and have the the tools in place and the strategies in place uh, to make it all work. And so the blueprint just walks you through step by step to implement all these various pieces to ensure that you have an entire whole life productivity system in place. Mm. And step one involves uh, listing what you call, and I like this, your grandest goals that has a nice ring to it. Uh, Share from your experience, Jeff, what a grand goal is and, and, and also what it isn't. Well, a grand goal really is a, a tangible and ambitious goal that's also more short term. So though it may be a huge goal in your life, it's one you're going to directly pursue now. You're going to begin that process today, uh, which is different than saying uh, a bucket list goal or a fantasy <laughs> that you want to do long term. You know, a bucket list goals are fantastic to say, you know, one day I may climb Mount Everest. And that's a fantastic bucket list goal. But if, if it's a grand goal. If it's a really tangible, ambitious goal, then you're going to say, well, come January 1st, then I'm going to be training for that. I'm going to be working on that. I'm going to be talking to people and and getting a plan in place to make sure it happens as soon as possible, which is totally different than just saying one day, maybe if I'll try to sort of do that, Mm. you know, we want to make sure that our goals, though they are grand and ambitious are also very realistic and practical and are happening today. And for me, that's a, a big shift for the goals that you want to commit to and the ones that you really want to make part of your life. What are some questions that, that we can ask ourselves, Jeff, to help prompt our grandest goals list. I thought this was very helpful in the book to just kind of get the get the mind going on this. Yeah, I think the idea around grand goals is that we have these kind of you know thoughts in the back of our head, but if we ask really important questions, then you are able to kind of you know pull those things out of your head and really get them on paper. Mm-hmm. A few of those that I have in the book, I mean, one of them is uh, what have you always wanted to do but never made time for? I kind of like the Mount Everest goal, kind of bring mm-hmm. that forward. Or what have what have other people done who are successful and people you admire? What have they accomplished that you would like to just duplicate or emulate? You know, mm-hmm. if copy somebody who's successful. I think that's a really great way to say, well, they're doing this. I also want to do that. So let's just, <laughs> let's, uh, let's tackle that. Um, also, you know, what scares you and excites you at the same time? Uh, I think anything that has those two emotions at the same time is a beautiful goal because that means that you are ready to, to make that next step. I know for me personally, you know, public speaking is one thing that I feel excited and scared with, with that goal all the time. I love those two emotions because that's how I feel about it, which means that's where I belong. Mm. And so I think that's an important way to like emotionally connect with the goal you're trying to pick. And so if, if the, your goals don't really bring about those emotions, then maybe it's not time for that yet. Um, so I think th- those are a few of the questions. There's others in the book as well, but I think those are some to kind of get your mind stirring. I so relate to the public speaking one, especially only in the last couple of years has the excitement outweighed the fear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a long time, they were duking it out. And share a bit about step uh, two, the quarter system and, and the process that you go through setting it up. The quarter system really is a way of saying instead of viewing my year as a 12 month, you know, goal setting possibility, I'm going to look at it in a three month chunk or just quarters, mm-hmm. uh, which really is, a, is an idea that says 
I can't imagine what I'll be doing a year from now because it's almost just too far away, <laughs> but I can really imagine what I'll be doing these next couple of months. And so the core system is a way of saying my whole life and my biggest goals are all happening now. And so there's a, a sense of urgency and a deadline that's approaching. And so that's what you, the goal is to set up a system where you're, you're achieving your goals today and then you're working backwards from a, you know three months from now. And then you backtrack that to today with milestones throughout the process. And so to set that up, you really would say, well, if I have a goal that that is going to be accomplished in the next 90 days. Well, then, you know, at, at two months, I want to be at this point and one month I want to be at this point and the next couple of weeks here, are the milestones to get there. And as you kind of back up that process and clear your calendar to achieve this goal, then all of a sudden your entire life now revolves around the achievement of that goal. And then you see massive progress and then things actually happen as opposed to the opposite, which is saying, well, in the next year, I will attempt to do this goal. But then what, 10 months, 11 months later, you, you, you know, it's, it's December now. And you're like, wait a minute, I didn't even begin this goal yet. I didn't even start it. <laughs> now the year is about to end. And so the goal is to avoid that, that, you know, that panic that happens by actually having very short-term, tangible progress on your goals. Um, Jeff says the only thing standing between us and our highest self is better habits. Talk a bit about uh, conscious consistency, Jeff, in the implementation of, of step three called anchor habits. Yeah, to be a consistent in a conscious sense means that you are deliberately choosing effective actions. And you're going to repeat those over and over and over again. And this is done instead of just letting kind of accidental bad habits creep into our life. And so the idea here is that you are really being intentional about the actions you're taking and especially about the ones you're going to repeat because repeated action is where results really happen. Whether it's good results or bad results, that's where they come from, are the repeated actions. And so I, I discuss anchor habits in the book uh, really as an idea that you have these certain things you do every day uh, that are pretty set. Uh, for most people, there are three things, wake up, work out, and go to work. And let's imagine you do all three of those in a day. Well, then if you're doing those three things, you can easily tack on smaller habits. In the book, I call them complementary habits. Are these things that kind of are just tacked on to these things you're already doing. And it's easy to then uh, add on additional positive habits into your day. So if you already you know, wake up, then you could just drink some water when you first wake up as, as a healthy habit to do there. Uh, if you're going to work out, you could add in a little bit of yoga afterwards as another kind of way to boost the workout. Uh, you're going to work for that day. You could add in, I'm going to get to inbox zero on my email when I first get to the office or whatever the case is. You're really saying that I'm going to be very conscious about what I'm already doing and then add in other positive habits to tack onto those. I preach uh, consistency a lot, Jeff, when it comes to coaching my uh, podcast clients. In fact, I'll often use your podcast as an example as opposed to my own because you're better <laughs> at it than I am. Uh, and I think that's worth pointing out. I mean, here you started, what, in July 1, I think it was, of 2013. Yes. And here, uh, almost three years later, uh, you've not missed a Monday yet. Is that right? That is true. I've done it 125 weeks in a row. Wow. And I think that, I mean, that just speaks volumes, especially when you, you wonder, you, somebody hearing this for the first time is going, okay, does this guy practice what he preaches? I can assure you Jeff does. <laughs> uh, he's, he's a living example uh, of, of these anchor habits and these techniques. Uh, Jeff, besides a podcast, obviously we mentioned a moment ago that your podcast was a catalyst, I think, for, for a book deal and being able to venture out and, and do that. How have you seen your life in addition to those ways, improved and, and, and goals reached and skyrocket and this and that since you've, you've developed these routines? Well, these routines that I'm discussing today and in, in the book as well really are the, the foundation for my entire life. And mm -hmm. so I've run a lot of marathons. That's been one thing I really love to do. Uh, I've radically changed my diet. I've started my own business. You know, I've written a book in the last year. 
Uh, and all these things are really founded in these very uh, mm. consistent and fundamental habits that I have. And I think that, you know, whenever I try to kind of push myself you know, too hard and, and get too complex and, and try to do too, be too fancy, really, I, I get really overwhelmed and things mm. don't work. It's when I do things in a very fundamental, practical sense that I see the tangible results. And so to me, like that's where everything starts and, and ends is, is really asking myself, you know, how can I wake up today and make my bed effectively? How can I wake up and do 10 pushups? And, and those little itty bitty things like that are so amazing because those just lead to more actions and smarter actions. And then you repeat those same kinds of habits and then you get amazing results in the long term. Uh, Darren Hardy has a great book called The Compound Effect that really highlights that, that's that kind of trajectory over time of making little habits and how that you know really does compound into phenomenal results in the long run. So I think for me, that's where everything begins and ends is those daily choices. Well, this is kind of tough to do, but in the interest of time, I thought maybe you could give us an overview of the remaining steps. So we've talked about uh, grand goals. We've talked about the quarter system. We've talked about anchor habits. That's only three of the seven. Can you give us a brief overview of the other four, Jeff? Sure. Uh, step four is ideal routines. So in that step, you would identify an ideal week, ideal morning, and ideal evening, and really asking yourself kind of if these things were to be perfect, what would they look like? And then you create you know, a template for those that you can follow on a daily basis. Uh, step five are about strategies to be more productive. So these include things like using a dedicated task manager or online filing systems or to consolidate all of your work into one area. So those, I break down those strategies as well. Uh, the sixth step is about tracking your progress. So here's like weekly reviews, monthly reviews, accountability partners, uh, anything that will allow you to stay focused on your goals for the long term. And the final step is going pro or advanced <laughs> strategies. And this is where you have things like uh, standing desk like Matt right now or doing inversion, like hanging upside down, which sounds really bizarre, <laughs> but it's actually a, a productivity tool as well. Or using good music to listen to while you're working. I mean, all those kind of things really play into um, optimizing your time and optimizing your health throughout the day. Well, uh, I have some questions, Jeff, not directly related to the book that I, I do want to ask. But before I do that, is there anything else from the book you want to make sure that we, we take away? I think the biggest takeaway is that intentionality is really the key to everything. Mm -hmm. If you want to wake up at an ideal time, then just be intentional about what that time is going to be and, and really ask yourself, you know, in an ideal sense, what is my day going to look like? What am I going to be doing? Where will I be? Who's going to be there with me? And when you identify what those things are and you put it on paper and you are very intentional about how your day is going to progress, then what's funny is that you actually take action on those things and you see those results. And it's not this kind of guessing game of will my day be effective or not? Not, you're going to know ahead of time what's going to happen and you're going to plan it out. And then that's where you see really great progress. And so I think that if there's anything from the book you're going to take away, being intentional is probably the number one most important point. Mm. Well, we've had a couple of books come up uh, during the course of our, of our conversation. I'd be curious to know what some of your, your favorites are, maybe that you're currently reading or have read in the past, Jeff, that, that have had the biggest impact on you and, and why they've impacted you as they have. Well, there's two books that I read last year that I'm actually going through and rereading right now because they're just that good of books. I want to read again and again and again. Um, they are The One Thing by Gary Keller and uh -huh. Jay Papazan and Essentialism by Greg McEwen, who I think you had on your show before as well. I did, yeah. Um, both of those books uh, kind of have the same uh, principles and the same ideas. They're all kind of mixed together, and they are just such effective books for really knowing what matters in your life and identifying those few things that make the biggest difference and saying, you know, today, what's my one thing going to be? Today, how am I going to 
you know, cut out the distractions and the nonsense and just do the work that really makes a difference to me. And so I think that I need that message in my head as often as possible to remind me to stop doing dumb things because I, I tend to want to you know, <laughs> take random impulse ideas. Like I'm very impulsive and spontaneous, which is a problem if you want to be productive. <laughs> I really try to like, you know, rein that in whenever I can. And so I think that's, it's important for me to hear that message over and over again. And those two books do a really good job of laying out, you know, how to live out a life uh, that is very much geared towards simplicity and being an essentialist. Would you believe that I have yet to read the one thing? Ooh, well, that, <laughs> that is now your one thing to do. <laughs> yes, it read is. Book. <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, public speaking and your sort of journey with that. And, and I, I think like you believe that the ability to effectively share our ideas in public is a major benefit if we want to be successful. So I'd be curious to know what some of your tips are, Jeff, for delivering a memorable public talk or an impactful public talk. Well, I got this idea actually from a podcast listener of mine like two years ago where she had emailed me and said, you know, Jeff, I love your podcast, but I don't actually hear the words you're saying. I just love your energy. So she listens to my podcast, literally doesn't even care what I say, just to hear me talk. And I thought it was the strangest thing I'd ever heard in my life. I'm like, who are you? Why are you telling me this? But I, I got that, that same email from multiple people over the last couple of years, and I realized that there is a lot of power in being passionate. There's a lot of mm. power in caring about your content. So I honestly believe your content could be mediocre, but if you're passionate about it, people are going to listen to you, and they're mm. going to care about what you're saying. And so obviously, it's great to have great content, but I think even more importantly than that, passion goes a really long way because mm. people want to be fired up. They want to care about things. They want to be inspired to, to take action. And so for me, that's one of like the, the central roles of my podcast is just to be energetic and, and to care about what I'm talking about. And so I think that if you want to communicate effectively, people have to want to listen to you. And if, if you're boring or you're not excited about your own <laughs> stuff, then why would they be? You know, you have to care a lot more than them. And so I think if anything, if you want to get that message across, then you have to really love what you're talking about. Mm. Well, I don't want to look too far ahead, but as far as uh, quarter one, of 2016 is concerned, Jeff. Uh, what's what's on the horizon for you? Obviously, you've, you've just launched a book, but if I know you, I know you're already planning the next thing. Well, I've got two things on my calendar right now that are kind of big things. One is a course that is based off of the 5 a.m. blueprint that, mm. that's in the book. Um, I'm in development of that right now, uh, which hopefully will be launching by the beginning of the new year if everything goes well. Uh, and then the second thing I work on um, in January and going forward with 2016 is going to be all about public speaking. So mm. really kind of getting myself out there, uh, you know, not necessarily like a, a book tour, but mostly just finding people to talk to about, about the book and the content there. So I will be hopefully be uh, uh, a traveling Jeff Sanders in the next year. Well, uh, we will certainly encourage anyone who listens to this uh, program to uh, to look you up and, and, and hire you to come speak at their event. Well, Jeff, thanks again for agreeing to appear on the show. As I said earlier, it's been a treat to kind of see the path you've taken and, and watch it so closely as I've been able to and fortunate to do. And I, I just could not be more delighted for the success you're having. And I want to make sure everyone understands that what Jeff teaches in this book is the reason, uh, much of the reason that that's happening. And so if, if, if you look at Jeff and, you, and, you, and he's somebody you look up to and you're like, I want to experience those ki- that kind of success, those kinds of experiences, then get this book. It's called The 5 A.M. Miracle, Dominate Your Day Before Breakfast. Jeff, thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff is active on Twitter. You can connect with him there at Jeff Sanders TV on Twitter. That's at 
Jeff Sanders TV. All the links and resources Jeff and I talked about, including more information on his new book, can be found at the page created especially for this episode. You'll find that at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 107 for episode 107. If you're looking to take a stand for your health, visit one of our sponsors, Updesk. You can find out more about their motorized stand-up desk at readtoleadpodcast.com slash desk. And finally, a big thanks for a couple of recent reviews coming in from iTunes. There's Gunn Hudson all the way from Australia. He's over at thefreedombusinessguide.com and gives it five stars. And Mr. Hez from the UK, who with his five-star rating calls it very inspiring and brilliant work. Thank you so much. Thanks also to Karen Bensley, who rated the podcast with five stars on Stitcher, calling it her weekly taste of good books and authors. Thank you so much, Karen. You can rate and review the show on iTunes at readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes or on Stitcher at readtoleadpodcast.com slash Stitcher. Well, that does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time for the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Read to Lead.